The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. Where Andy talks to people he met on the internet. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 19 of the Social Screenwriters Podcast. I am your host, Andy Compton, and today on the show we have a very special guest. His name is Saeed Crumpler. So, Saeed, you might know him better on Twitter as his handle, at Balance510510. Saeed is a screenwriter who has a lot of things going for him. You may have even just heard about him in the last week whenever a lot of people were sharing his recent Deadline article in which he got a multi-year overall deal at Sony Pictures Television, which is like a crazy huge thing. And if you didn't know him by that, Maybe you knew him from some other stuff. He wrote on season two of Flatbush Misdemeanors. Um, he wrote on Blind Spotting. He wrote. Uh, he co-wrote Hip Hop Family Christmas. Uh, a lot of things going on with Said. He did some other stuff too that he talks about in the episode. Those are just the biggest things that I knew of. But um, he was a Nickelodeon uh, Writing Fellowship Fellow. Uh, we talk about that a little bit and what that experience was like. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just an interesting guy. Uh, and also he had a full blown rap career before this that he talks about a little bit too, before screenwriting. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I I love talking to this dude. He's super cool. He's super knowledgeable. And yeah, it's just a great episode. I can't wait for you guys to listen when you do. Go ahead and shout us out on Twitter, uh, whatever you want to say about the episode. Something awesome Saeed said, something dumb I said. You can do that. Just tag us at SocialWriterPod. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on Instagram if you wanted to. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, Yeah, just give us a shout out. Um, I love interacting with you guys on there. And also, if you like what you hear and you want to donate to the show, it helps me a lot. You know, it takes a lot of time to record and to edit and to put these things out and promote them. Uh, Anything helps, you know, if you have a couple bucks and you want to donate, there's a PayPal link in our link tree at our bio at Social Writer Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, You can click that. It's a legitimate way to just give us a few bucks if you want to. Helps me a lot. If not, not a big deal. Um, With all that said, guys, uh, we're going to go ahead and hop into this episode. Uh, Saeed Crumpler, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. Happy to be here. Like I said, priors, like uh, we've been following each other on Twitter for a while. You're definitely one of the people that add to the Twitterverse. (laughs) <laughs> you know oh, what I'm saying? Thanks, in a good man. way. In a good way. In a TV yeah. writer Twitterverse, you know? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I think the same about you, man. Uh, there's there's it. certain people out there who add rather than subtract, add positivity rather than negativity. Um, yeah. but yeah, dude, it's a it's a it's a crazy ecosystem that we all kind of contribute to and have to take care of. But yeah, um, plus 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 with your podcast, man, you've interviewed like some of my friends, uh, uh-huh. Nabil, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I love you know, Nabil. Like, yeah, so it's like, I yeah. think it's uh, it's dope, man, that, uh, you know, coming up as a screenwriter, I used to, like six years ago, I used to be in my shitty job, like scouring podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, listening mm-hmm. to whatever, like, 
I would have my headphones on hiding one headphone from the manager, whichever, yep. whichever uh, ear was in the opposite direction of the manager. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? And I, yeah. would, and I would be in there listening to podcasts and writing my goals down over and over every day. So like, yeah. you know, it's dope that you have a podcast that can help upcoming writers, bro. Oh man, I love hearing that. That's so awesome. And then to see where you are now and I appreciate all the kind words. Yeah. For me, it's just like, not only is it cool to like put on people that I know actually on Twitter, but at the same yeah. time, like, dude, I get so much out of these conversations and yeah, just so sure. much knowledge. Like dude, talking to Nabil who I'm has, out. you know, definitely more than had his foot in the door. Yeah. Uh, I, I took a bunch of good information away from him. And then like Guy yep. Crawford had a bunch of good stories. Yep. That's another good guy too. Yeah. Great dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah. Lots of good stuff out there. Um, and it's actually really nice to hear someone like you say that the podcast is good because, yeah. uh, dude, you are so crazy accomplished and so many things are happening for you right now. And it's so exciting to see because like, I guess whenever I first became aware of you on Twitter, like your account or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you had done a couple things, but it wasn't where your career is now. And like, yeah. it's just been so cool, like seeing this rise, you know, and there's certain people who, you know, you know them on Twitter, but they're not yeah. really a friend yet, but they kind of <laughs> yeah. are because they're like an internet friend. So that's kind of how yeah. I've always thought of you. And uh, I'm so excited to just dive in, dude. But um, so we'll kind of start up top. Um, so even before, how'd you get into screenwriting? Yeah, You're probably going to cover this in that question, actually. But you used to be a rapper turned yeah. screenwriter. Now, yeah. were you like pursuing rap like in a way of like, this is going to be my life. This is going to be my career. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was a uh, high school. Uh, I was rapping. Um, went to college. I went to San Francisco State where mm-hmm. Boots Riley went to. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. And Boots Riley was doing music in the group, the coup, mm-hmm. you know, around the Bay area. And, uh, I, uh, he graduated San Francisco state before me, but I was in there and I took a film class. Like everybody else, you know, you take like film one oh one, you yeah. know, where you, yeah. where you sit in a dark room mm-hmm. and watch like these movies that don't have anybody in them. Yeah. That, like in, you know Ingmar, what I'm saying? Like, Bergman and yeah, stuff like that. Or, and, you know, uh, the bicycle thief and all that, which is uh, dope yeah. though, which is dope, you know, cause you get it to, is. you know, it's much better than sitting in a classroom here and a teacher talk all day. So like, I used to like being in that class. And then my second year, there was a screenwriting class, screenwriting one. And I was like, I didn't really know what screenwriting was in a sense, but like, mm. you know, Tarantino was blowing up. So it was like, you know, you kind of knew that Tarantino was like this writer, director, dude. He had, I think he had like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. And it was like, he was the coolest. So it was like, all right, yeah. fuck that. Yeah, let me let me see what this is. So I took screenwriting one and um, man, I wrote a script uh, about a friend of mine. I was robbing banks in high school. And I remember I turned the script in and like a week later, my teacher was like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, I'm about to get in trouble. My uh, friend's about to get in more trouble. Yeah. You know, they say write what you know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, you have a voice. And I was like, what the fuck is a voice? And so mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I stayed and I took like screenwriting too. Then I, then I graduated with a degree in screenwriting. But like most people, it was like nobody around me in the Bay Area was making films on any high capacity. 
but they were doing music a hundred miles and running. So um, the music scene was way bigger than the film scene. So I just dove into music. And so I did that for about 15 years. I had songs with Chameleonaire, we had Riding Dirty, I had songs with Kendrick Lamar. And I actually thought Damn. that was in like Source Magazine, Double XL, Billboard. Dude. I didn't know um, any of this because I was blown away when I saw yeah. after I saw Sorry to Bother You, I saw a music video of Boots yeah, Riley Boots, and I was like, yeah. oh, shit, because yeah. um, I'm a pretty big hip hop fan, too. Just being a yeah. kid of the 90s, which was like yeah. the golden age, you know, yeah, or whatever, I agree. But, yeah, but I love the 2000 shit, too, when I was in high Me school. Um, Outcast, all those groups, uh, yeah. Dude, definitely. You mentioned Chameleonaire. Yeah. Like, I loved yeah, all the Swisher <laughs> House dudes, all yeah. the H-Town guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, that's so crazy to hear. Um, I didn't, mm -hmm. I had no idea what exactly like it was encompassed in your rap career and you went pretty far. Yeah, bro. It was, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you could be like famous in the Bay. Like the Bay has a very, the Bay is big, like Los Angeles and spread mm -hmm. out, mm -hmm. but it has its own kind of like underground rap scene. So like yeah. you could be big in the underground rap scene and like, go to Los Angeles and nobody know who you are, you know, yeah. or what you look like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, so crazy. You know, yeah. yeah they so, know your name from like a mixtape or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if you put out the mixtape and was like, nah, man, I rapped on the first song on this DJ Vlad or, you know, this, uh, K Slay mixtape, then they'd be like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. And it's, uh -huh. so it was just, it was like a weird thing where it was like, I had fans, but like the money wasn't coming, you know, and mm -hmm. digital, digital started taking over record stores started dying yeah and so i kind of made time this for musicians brutal dude like yeah. towers clothes yeah um yeah you know and so anyhow it was a it was a time where like i had to start saying man what the fuck am i gonna do you know what i mean and and in rap music when you get into your 30s you're considered old which mm -hmm. is crazy i know, <laughs> you know, I know. So, it is that's when you're hitting your prime yeah, like yeah, honestly right. i think so because you've just been around the block enough but i also get it when people call it a young man's game because yeah. you know I, I get that part too but like i don't know yeah. so, anyway, so keep I, going sorry so I, I had to make i had to make a transition and i was like all right man i remember i clearly remember like i was working at i used to work at a record store which is very similar to People in California might know Amoeba Records. Yeah, I actually so, know Amoeba. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I I worked at this uh store called Rasputin's um mm -hmm. in the Bay Area, and I was like a record buyer there. I worked there for like my whole time while I was doing music. I always kept a job, mm -hmm. and um I remember I was just working there, man, and I was like, I gotta go back to school for screenwriting. So like I took a summer class and took screenwriting one over again. Mm -hmm. And this is probably like 10 years after I graduated. Mm -hmm. And I just so I could see if I could still do it, I ended up getting an A in that class. And the teacher once again pulled me aside. He was like, Man, you could really write this movie. And I was, I mean, you could really film this movie. And I was like, Oh shit, cool. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of started it again. And then what happened was I heard an interview with Stephen Canals, and he was talking about mm -hmm. how he went to UCLA online television class. And this is like before Zoom. Mm -hmm. And um, I think 2017 or 18, I can't remember. I think it was 17. Mm -hmm. um, I applied, got in. Um, and it was a television class that was taught by people in the industry that had like TV credits. Mm -hmm. So you had, you had, it was like nine months taught by three teachers 
um, you were going to write one spec episode, which is the episode of existing television show, which I wrote Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then you had to write two pilots. Mm-hmm. And one of those pilots was a pilot that ended up getting in contests, ended up getting me a manager, ended up um, getting me in a fellowship, ended up getting me staff. So like that was the best. I think it was like five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And that was like the best money, five thousand dollars I ever spent, like completely changed my life um and that was it for me bro yeah dude that's so interesting what a path to take and then like (laughs) i I bet you that's so exciting for a screenwriting professor to to get something that's in rough shape but being like dude, this has a voice because you can't teach voice i agree i agree i i I do think you can like because it's funny because like i i think early on i was like so worried about structure like Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and It's funny because it's like, you know, structure can be learned, you know, and the more you do it, the more you can learn structure. But mm-hmm. I definitely feel like voice and like dialogue and taste is something mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. can't necessarily be taught. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, yep. And so, yeah, it, it definitely had a big effect on me when he said that. Yeah, definitely. Um Dude, that's so crazy. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, a testament to newer writers. Is this how it is how it usually happens is that it only takes one script to really hit and that could get you a manager. It could get you a fellowship. It could get you an agent. It could even get made right now. um, I've only been repped since January. It's my first ever manager. Thank you very much. Uh, Coincidentally, at Epicenter, which is where Stephen Canales is repped as well. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're with a good company. That's tight. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome over there. I love it. But um, uh, that's what's going on with my script that got me a manager is that, dude, all of the generals I've taken, every good thing that's happened to me has all been on the back of this one script. And I have other stuff that I'm, you know, Working either on, working yeah. on or it's already done but like mm-hmm. we're kind of just riding the momentum of one script and I, yeah. it seems like for most people that's how it works so if it's encouraging to anyone out there all it takes is that one i mean you're gonna have to back it up later with more but like you know to yeah. get in the door all it takes is one one really good one all it all it takes is one and i think uh i think if you i think that was another misconception i had too was like this idea that you had to have this huge body of work, mm-hmm. you know, and like, mm-hmm. oh shit, I got to write all these pilots and blah, blah, blah. Cause you know, you get on Twitter and you see somebody like they're writing a new pilot every week or <clears> they throat> got throat> a list of 20 things they're doing. And, you know, I wrote yeah. another pilot this month. I wrote, a, I wrote five, seven feet. And it's like, yeah, in reality, it's like, to me, that's one of the misconceptions. It's like, if you really, the longer you work, the more you realize like how long it takes to really get a piece of material to be undeniable. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like bulletproof. I mean, as bulletproof as you can get it, like a script is never done. It's only abandoned. Like, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, you know, you you should have lost count of rewrites, but that's the way I feel. Yeah, Bro. I tell people that all the time. It's like, if you know, like, Oh yeah, this is my 15th rewrite. Uh You're not done. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's it's like, once you get up in the twenties and lose count, that's bro. usually whenever something is like real, real close or there. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So, yeah. you know, I definitely feel like people, upcoming writers should really try to focus on writing something that's like super personal mm-hmm. that only you can write. 
and spend like a year rewriting that shit um, and getting it super solid. You know what I mean? Yep. Get, get reads by your friends. Come on. If you have a little bit of money, you can do paid evaluations. Bro, uh, but if you I don't, just do friends. Yeah, I did too. I I've done, Bro. I spent too much money. <laughs> you know, I'm not a rich guy. I spent too <laughs> yeah. much money, but that's like also, you know, if you have some money, you're a regular working class person, like a lot of us, you know, I mean, you're investing in your future every time you do this stuff. So try to spend it wisely, you know, don't enter a contest. If you don't think anyone who won ever got career traction from it, you know, vet these contests, vet, vet everything and see what they really offer to writers who win or place high. Like uh, I got most of my, you know, quote unquote success, early success, uh, even any traction in my career has been from placing high in the nickel, which is one of the best competitions. And that's like, you know, but you know, there's also like, uh, you know, Los Angeles, Hollywood competition monthly, and they're yeah. charging seventy dollars to get in, and it's like, dude, that is not fucking worth it. Um, yeah, bro, they 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 got like the Nantucket lemonade screenwriting contest. You <laughs> right. know what I'm saying? It's like, right? Don't don't do that one. Like, what no. you should do is you should look at writers um, that you look up to that have actually made traction, whether getting a manager, getting staff, and look at you know the contest that they entered and they placed in, and follow that route. That's kind of mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what I did. Like, you know, it was like, you know, um, it's funny because I ended up placing with a script, I think two years ago in script pipeline. Mm-hmm. And um, like two years later, I get staffed on Flatbush and mm-hmm. Dan Perlman, who was a co-creator of Flatbush, he he had made it to the finals of Flatbush with his short. Like, you know what I'm saying? To mm-hmm. script pipeline. I mean, the finals of script pipeline yeah. with his short. So it's like, it was weird because like I didn't even know that, but one day script pipeline was like Dan Perlman and Saeed both script pipe, and I was like, oh, that's crazy, like you know what I'm saying. But yeah, it's like look look at stuff like that, you know, and that's that's one of the cool things about following, you know, upcoming writers like you and I is like you can really see and track. Like if you go back to my tweets, you know, from three years ago, you'll see me placing in contests and it, you know what I mean? Yep. So, yep. Yeah. But still not feeling like a professional writer yet. Hell you no. know, like three years ago. Yeah. And then now yeah. you're there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's awesome. And, uh, you're repped at Bellevue and CAA. Yep. I, yep. uh, first my, um, it's crazy. Cause, uh, I remember as soon as I graduated from the, you know, they had like a little fake graduation. It was cool. Uh, uh, what was the comedian? Wendy Cummins spoke at it. The UCLA thing. It was funny. Oh no shit! <laughs> yeah, That's she came awesome. through. It was it was hilarious. They had like a little small little get together for the people who took the program. But um, yeah, I remember as soon as I got out of there, I was like, first thing I need to do is get a manager. And so mm-hmm. like, I researched, I watched tons of interviews with managers, took notes, which I ended up writing that article for Final Draft about um, writing a query letter that actually helped a whole bunch of people get signed like every month somebody hits me like yo i got signed looking at your query letter article on final draft which is super dope but i came straight out of that program and like queried my way to managers like i wrote a query letter fucking sent it to like all the companies half of them said no (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah the other the other eight were like yeah send me your script now send them the script and then after that like four said let's talk you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then one of them was zach at bellevue 
And it's crazy because when I signed with him, he was a junior manager at Bellevue and we kind of rode it together. Like now he's a full-time manager and he mm -hmm. found me through a query letter, bro, which is something that Bellevue and John Zerny talk about all the time. Like yeah. they do read query letters. So yeah, yeah, man. Dude, that is so awesome. And I love having someone on who's a testament that query letters can work. Uh, yeah. Not not everyone finds success with them, but it does happen. Yep. Um, I know me personally, before I was ready to get repped, I thought I was. Uh, we all I, did. <laughs> yeah, we all did. I got like this list somewhere online of like 50 management companies that yep. accept queries. And yep. I wrote one generic email, like a fucking like to, to whom it may no. concern type thing. No. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Like just fill in the blanks type thing. <laughs> and I sent it to 50 of them and I got no responses ever. Yep. And I just gave up. I was like, I guess I'm not a query person. And then I learned later the difference. But um, and funny enough, I had a writing friend just the other day asking me about query letters. And like I said, I didn't have success, but like I, I, I would love to share the final draft article under yeah, this yeah. whenever I share it. But also, like, would you mind just giving like a quick rundown of what you yeah. think made your query work? Um, one like thing even is structurally that, or whatever. Yeah. One, one thing, it was short. Like, mm -hmm. I think like people make the mistake of like writing three paragraphs <laughs> like yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's a fucking bio and it's yeah. like a manager they're just clicking through or their assistant is like as soon as they see that they're done mm -hmm. also don't put query letter anywhere in the email like not in the subject line none of that shit because i think they also flag that too to try to get rid of it but um i would uh try to make each one personal like mm -hmm. hey blah 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 I saw you talking on this podcast, you know, it was great. I got a lot of info, by the way, boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. Here's my log line. Bam. Mm -hmm. I'd love to send it to you. Thanks. Get the fuck out of there. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, cause at the end of the day, it's really going to come to how short it is. If it has any little personal thing to it so they know like you're not spamming a million people mm -hmm. and then it's really going to come down to your log line so that's one thing i always try to tell people is like make sure your log line is fucking clean and like vetted and mm -hmm. and it's a log line that makes people want to read your script because yeah. i think my log line once again from getting coverage and you know feedback and and you know investing in myself some of these coverages give you log lines. And so I would take like four different log lines I got from four different coverages. Mm. I'd have my log line, right? And then I'd like blend them together and come with the, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the yeah, final sometimes log line. some outside brain has a better way to yes. describe your protagonist in two words, you 100%. know, like a, a depressed librarian yes. or whatever, whatever the fuck. But like, yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's really cool and really interesting keeping it so short um yeah that's that's part of the trick these people are busy um yeah. looking desperate is not a good look uh you just want to somehow hook them in and sometimes these managers just don't they won't care and that's fine yeah. whatever yeah. um but you know you, it does work it does work oh, also I, only only put one log line sometimes sometimes you run into people like well i got five projects like no bro mm -hmm. like no, like put the best log line you have only one project. That's it. Yeah. Like, cause you know, you put like five things in there. They're going to be like, 
he doesn't know what the he or she doesn't know what the fuck they're doing mm-hmm. yeah another good tip right on that's really good information and i'm going to share that article too so look for that under oh, yeah. the tweet that i shared this with but um all right cool so how would you describe your brand personally uh you can say as much or as little as you want um it's interesting because i never thought of myself as like a comedy writer but when i got into nickelodeon i got in as a comedy writer Mm. um and then i ended up working on season one of flatbush misdemeanors which i mean season two of flatbush misdemeanors which is a comedy show but then i ended up getting a deal development deal with sony recently that's like a drama which is in drama and i've wrote hour-long dramas Mm. so i kind of can i consider myself like a drama writer with a twist of comedy more so dramedies yeah um and at the same time uh my brand is um you know i want to write diverse characters in a diverse world you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um and all the stories reflect real life you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love that um it makes sense that your spec when you had to write a spec was atlanta because that's kind of similar uh in tone and genre and everything uh that's cool. Yeah. I, so I want to dive in more to like your Sony deal. Cause that's incredible. But first, before that, I wanted to make a pit stop at the Nick fellowship. So what exactly was that? How did that come about for you? And like, what was the experience like? Uh, the Nick fellowship was super dope, bro. It was, uh, a friend of mine got into Nickelodeon, made it to the finals before. And I was like, holy shit. And when he got there, I was like, oh, you know, because sometimes there's a perception that, you know, in order to get in Nickelodeon, you have to write children's stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, like, yeah. That's what my <laughs> assumption would be, honestly. Nah, like my script yeah. was about a, a 40-year-old pimp who gets released from prison only to find out his daughter following his footsteps like you know what i'm saying no um, fucking way that's what you sent to <laughs> yeah. nickelodeon and it worked that's what i yeah Dude, that's that what is I, so funny that's what i that's what i said to nickelodeon i mean <laughs> I, I, along with you know i had an insecure respect that okay. i wrote um yeah. but you know it's like at the end of the day you don't have to write a kid's show in order to get into these programs you don't have to write a uh, cookie cutter CBS show to get into these programs. I mean, even, even when I got to the finals of CBS, I wrote the same thing, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, I grew up on Nickelodeon. We all did. Yeah. Um, another thing about the program is I looked at the alumni and it was like, uh, Courtney Lilly, who show runs, uh, blackish Jessica mm-hmm. gal who show runs she Hawk. And I was like, okay, these are people that, you know what I mean? That I could see and I could picture my career around. And so um, that and the opportunity, like when you get in, like they pay you every week to be in a program. So it's one of the few programs that pay you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it was an amazing opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's so interesting to me that you turned in something like that kind of has like a, a, gr- <laughs> a gritty sound to it. But yeah. I guess like, would you agree that maybe it's just because what they're really looking for is voice and talent, not necessarily to produce your show? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, that's because I asked them, I was like, really? You know what I'm saying? And they're like, man, it was the it was the voice and the, the story. And that's what mm-hmm. they were looking for. 
Um, and you know, obviously once you get in Nickelodeon, they're like, Hey, that, that 50 year old pimp script is dope, Mm -hmm. but you know, we need to work on something that's more in line with Nickelodeon. Yeah. And then, you know, what was cool is like being there it opened my mind as far as like, I worked on a show that was animation. I ended up Mm -hmm. writing an episode of a kid's show called blaze. I ended Mm -hmm. up shadowing this show, uh, blaze and the monster machines. Like I ended up meeting everybody from Nickelodeon and it really opened my mind. Whereas before this program, I was kind of writing more just gritty 30 minute dramedies. And this opened it up to like, Oh, it could be animation. Mm-hmm. Or I could make a, a kid's show based off my life childhood. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, Nickelodeon, you know, not only got me out of a shitty job situation during COVID, but it also like groomed me and prepared me and also helped me broaden my horizons create creatively when you add these stories. Yeah, that is awesome, man. I, I have that worry about myself sometimes that I'm a little bit one dimensional and I guess it would just take an experience like that of being like, nah, you, as long as you are smart and can yep. uh, be willing to, you know, be molded by mentors and things like yep. that, then if you're a good writer, you're a good writer. Um, but yeah, like yeah. right now I'm on this one path, but I do see myself hopefully one day being able to do other stuff that I never thought I would do. Uh, Cause otherwise, why are we doing it? You know? Uh, yeah, bro, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like as long as you have an in, as long as there's an in something you could relate to something that excites you about mm-hmm. it, then, mm-hmm. you know, you could write anything, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely going to have your voice in it though. You know, but and mm-hmm. your perspective, but yeah, man, you can write anything. Yeah, that's a great point too. If you can clinch on to that like thematic premise in any way, mm-hmm. then you have a reason to write it. Um, yeah. awesome. And then so I do want to real quick before we move on from that, now that we're done with Nick, let's move on to this new deal because that's like what really like because I've had I wanted to have you on the show for a little bit, but I'll tell you what, dude, like I was a little intimidated <laughs> to ask just because I know that you're nah. doing so much shit. And it was just awesome that you were like, Yeah, dude, I, I like your podcast. Let's do it. Um, Hell that yeah. was really uh just a cool moment for me. But like, yeah, so I wanted to have you on for a while, was too scared to ask. And then for some reason, whenever the biggest deal comes around, I'm like, fuck it, just do it. Uh, But yeah, Yeah, this is so exciting. So for people who somehow don't know if you're not on screenwriting Twitter that much, uh, Saeed just got a multi-year overall deal at Sony Pictures Television. Yeah. And so again, you know, if you don't mind just sharing kind of how that came about, what it was like, like the process, even like, you know, you don't have to go too far into the legal, but just like what those meetings were like and stuff. I, yeah. Cause I mean, I'm kind of selfishly asking for me right now just to yeah. hear what that process was like. Cause that's so amazing. Yeah. Cause I actually think it's, it's something that, you know, is inevitable in a sense. Like once you, once you get staffed or once you become a showrunner, um, you know, you end up with development deals. A lot of yeah. my, um, mentors i mean look i think we all follow deadlines so we end up seeing all these announcements and like you know mine definitely was a different situation that i was blessed in happened really fast for me but uh it's definitely something that all of us should know about as writers because i do think it's something that is like a thing that is going to happen you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening, man, was like two years ago, there was this program um, called Hollywood Here, 
where um these two uh amazing people put together this program where like because of what was going on in the climate uh politically with like black lives matter and george floyd tragedy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um executives kind of like opened up executives and writers and companies were like all right we want to meet uh more writers of color and so uh there was this program called hollywood here that i saw on twitter and here's another thing like enter every fucking thing like you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. this was a first time thing i was like this may not be shit, but hey, you know what I mean? And I, mm-hmm. I, I logged in and, and never think you're above shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I entered and um, I got in. It was real simple. They're just like, you just had to have a script and like, they, you know, these executives were going to have like 10 minute meetings with, you know, different people. Mm-hmm. And so one of them was with Sony and I ended up um, getting a, a meeting with the development exec named Lauren Stein from Sony and uh, man, we had like a 10 minute meeting. It was good, you know, Um, just, you know, I don't think she even read my script, but she was just like, tell me about yourself. I was like, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I don't even think I was at Nickelodeon yet. I think I had like placed in some contests. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, hey, like my assistant is gonna give you my email, keep in contact. It's like, cool. 10 minutes. 10 minutes, bro. 10 minutes speed meeting. Right. And that's another reason why you have to know how to pitch yourself. That's Mm -hmm. one thing Nickelodeon did well was like how to give you a two minute pitch, you know what I mean? And and make sure that you stand out, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so another thing is like keep in contact with people, like don't bug them, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. like, I I would contact her. Hey, I just uh, placed in this contact contest to be like keep going hey mm-hmm. i just uh made it to the second round of warner brothers keep going hey i just mm-hmm. got into nickelodeon great mm-hmm. keep going hey mm-hmm. i just got staffed on flatbush great keep going like you know and just keep it in contact like twice a year mm-hmm. building a relationship and it's funny because i used to hear this thing where it was like you'll meet somebody or you have a general meeting with somebody and you may not get hired by that person for like three or four years after. And I said, I was be like, man, that doesn't make sense. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you're like, yeah. man, like that's, that's a long ass time, but yeah, but that's how it was. And so earlier this year, uh, she reached out to me. She was like, Hey, um, I was just talking about you. Cause I, you know, I reached out, I was like, happy new year, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And she was like, do you have a comedy sample? And I was like, yeah, I sent her my, my 50 year old pimp script. Right. Mm-hmm. And a week later, she was like, hey, do you have a drama sample? And I had just sent, I had just finished the hour long drama um, because I wanted to be able to write in that space, too. Right? Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. finished it. I was like, yeah, bam. I mean, I sent it back within an hour. Like most people be like, hey, could you give me a couple weeks to like mm-hmm. finish it? Nah, yeah. bro, you, you yeah. got to be prepared. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think she was impressed by that. And then were, maybe were like you- a real quick were you confident in where that script was at because i know for me i'd be like let me like read it real quick yeah you just sent it off nah because i had worked on it all year like you know what i'm saying like it was good timing yeah it was like i already had like uh notes from my manager or i had like man i had so many drafts i couldn't remember like it was bullet it was like bulletproof like you know what i mean um and uh and so i sent that and yeah. so I was, I, once again, it's like being prepared and like, 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll talk to people and they'll be like, uh, should I keep entering this contest or like, should I, like, I'm not placing, like, should I, and sometimes you have to sit the hell down for six months, not mm-hmm. enter anything and get mm-hmm. that script into shape or mm-hmm. write another one. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then come mm-hmm. out once you're powered up. Cause it's like, what's the sense of like, you know, like, yeah, some of these contests are subjective and by chance, but it's like, if you enter five contests and you're not placing in any, I think you need to like, look at what's going on in your script. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, definitely, you know, I, it's kind of the same thing with like taking script notes that if one person yeah. says one thing, it's like, all right, well, you know, I don't really agree, but if three, four or five people say that same thing, even if you don't agree, you should change it. Yeah. You know, uh, you're for some reason yeah, you're, man. you're wrong and they're probably right. So like at that point, you know, uh, and kind of that similar 100%. thing. Yeah. But then I wanted to go back to what you said about general meetings too. Cause I, I just feel like a lot of writers who are at our stage somewhere, you know what I mean? Like in this, like almost breaking in, just broken type of thing. Um, cause this is where I'm at. I actually talked about it just in the last episode that came out today, but, um, just real quick, like I've been taking generals now for nine months, a couple before this with like some managers yeah. when I was trying to find a manager, but actually meeting with like execs and producers and stuff. And that's how the meeting always goes is. So tell me about you. Uh, I really liked your script. Tell me how, yeah. why you wrote it. Um, so what are you looking to do next? Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of just yeah. ends with like, well, let's keep in touch, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. it, it was kind of hard for me in the beginning being like, man, because the very first like two, I was like, holy shit, they want me to keep in touch with them. Like, this is fucking real. Like they, you know, yeah. we're going to work together. And then when everyone ended like yeah. that, I was like, oh, that's just how they go. Like every time pretty much. Yeah. And um, so I've been kind of like back and forth on like, you know, does that mean anything? Is it ever going to amount to anything? And it's kind of refreshing to hear your experience along with, the experience of some others that like, yeah, sometimes it's two, three, four years later where they're like, Hey, remember when we met, uh, I got this new thing and yep. it just made me think of you and that meeting that we had or that script yep. that you wrote. And, uh, so yeah, yep. it's like, I guess I'm just saying that out loud, not only for myself, but like for writers who are in that same spot of like, you know, I took this meeting and I thought I was going to sell my script in that meeting and it didn't happen. And all they want to do is keep in touch uh, feeling demoralized by that when it's like kind of just a, a testament to what a long game this industry is with every connection that you have. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel like, um, don't be discouraged. Uh, that's how it is. And I would say just figure out creative ways to poke them every four to six months. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, let them know about your progress. Um, you know, that's the reason why I do believe in entering contests because, you know, it is like somebody else validating you mm-hmm. and, you know, it gives you something to like keep people in the loop, like a way, Hey, I just placed in this or, mm-hmm. Hey, I just, you know, and so also keep a Google doc. One thing that really helped me, like my mentor, uh, Aaron Thomas, who created SWAT, he told me, keep a Google doc of like your meetings and take notes because like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you may meet with an exec that's a Cubs fan 
Yeah. And um, the Cubs go to the World Series. Well, shit, that's your end. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's so he's smart. Gonna love, he's going to love the fact that, like, you're like, oh, shit, he remembered I'm a Cubs fan. Like, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like, you definitely got to, you definitely got to um, find creative ways, like, not to bug them and, you know, um, keep notes. That's how I deal with all the, because you're meeting, you're going to end up meeting with like 50 people and you're not going to be able to remember everything, you know? No, and so no. it's good to have a, a Google doc to double back. But yeah. yeah, after, after I sent those scripts, like she reached out and she was like, uh, we want to give you a development deal. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> like, you know what oh I'm saying? My, and, I can't imagine that. So was this phone call or email? Yeah. This was phone call, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. uh, like, cause it, it was weird because she was like, uh, you know, it was Zoom, but she was like, uh, can mm-hmm. you Zoom tomorrow? And I was like, shit, yeah. Like, yeah. uh, and she told me, and uh, you know, it's it's an amazing situation. Pretty much what a development deal is, you're exclusive to that company, mm-hmm. um, which means you will be creating content, television shows for that company, as well as working on their shows. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much like when you see like Quinta Bronson signs, you know, humongous deal to ABC. Yeah. You know, her deal is way bigger than mine, but yeah. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's like, Cause she had a, she had a hit show, but yeah. what that means is like they're in the Quinta Bronson business, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And, yep. and she can't go anywhere else. Like, you know, they're tying her mm-hmm. down. It's like a contract. Yeah. You, know, you see that a lot Yankees. in features too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely a great situation. Dude, that's so crazy. I bet it was so insane hearing it those words. Insane. Just like yeah. me? Like, yeah. Really? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Really? Uh, cool. So let's jump into like uh, how you write. So like uh, everybody's yeah. routine is like unique. Um, what is your regular writing routine? Like, are you a morning writer, night writer, any time of day? You know, you drink coffee drink alcohol just water oh, i gotta have coffee bro like yeah, every I'm a, I'm a coffee addict i have to drink coffee yeah um, me too <laughs> and i think and it, and it's funny because it's like you know i used to work retail so like i i used to need the coffee to stay up and it just kind of stuck okay. with me yeah um but yeah i have to have coffee in the morning uh white chocolate mocha small no whip um, oh, if, any, if anybody wants to know, <laughs> you know yeah, 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 yeah. I should start asking that question actually. Yeah, what yeah. is your coffee order? Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's good to know. Case, just yeah. in case any, anybody wants to steal it. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm more of a, I'm more of a very calculated. Uh, one of my favorite books is Atomic Habits by James Clear, mm-hmm. and it talks about. If you have a goal, you need to break that up into small man- manageable chunks so you don't get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes, I think it takes like 30 days for something to become a habit. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I try to write like two pages a day mm-hmm. or three pages a day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not one of them dudes that be like, I write from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Like I definitely agree with uh, another one of my favorite author, authors, Stephen Pressfield, mm-hmm. "The Art of War," 
Mm-hmm. Um, or the, is it the War of Art? It's one of it's, it's the War of uh, Art I've read. Yeah, I actually had yeah that the too. War of Art, bro. Yeah, Classic. Great. Steve Stephen Pressfield. He talks about like yeah. not waiting for the muse to show up, like sitting your ass in chair. Mm-hmm. And so I write up. I try to write about three pages a day, which I often tell people is like if you write three pages a day, you'll have a feature. You have ninety pages at the end of a month. Like you yeah. know what I'm saying. And yeah. you know the thing also is is that like I would tell upcoming screenwriters to get used to working on multiple things at once. Cause that's what you're going to be doing. Like mm-hmm. when I was in, um, when I was in Flatbush working on my episode, I was taking meetings, um, with Nickelodeon about my outline for the kids show. And then mm-hmm. right after I got finished writing Flatbush, Nickelodeon called and said, Hey, can we, can you, can we get that draft now for the kids show? And then I went straight from writing Flatbush, which is mm-hmm. a 30 minute explicit comedy on Showtime yep. to writing a preschool kids episode right after that's, that, bro. That's and crazy. So, and so, and yeah. so none of, none of that gets done if you don't, you know, sit your ass in the chair every day. So, mm-hmm. but for me, um, it's not a painful process. Like sometimes you get stuck, you know what I'm saying? But I try to write uh, three pages a day mm-hmm. um, and uh, I never not write for more than two days. So I don't beat myself up if it's like, oh, shit, I didn't write yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I can't go two days without writing because then mm-hmm. it'll just it'll turn into 10 days. <laughs> yeah. Into- yeah. You get too comfortable. I try not to like, you know. Uh, be a hater. So before we started recording, we were kind of talking about like Twitter and just like how it yep. can be positive and all, how it can also be toxic. Yep. And um, I think sometimes, you know, we get overwhelmed whenever we see and more power to you. If you're someone who bangs out, you know, I, I wrote 47 pages today, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, right on. Jesus. Like That's yeah. cool. But like, you know, just if you see that, don't get discouraged if you're a two page writer, three page writer a day, because like, Literally, I don't think that any human out there, the best screenwriters in our world, I don't think you can write 47 good or great pages in 24 hours. It's just going to be hard, man. You can bang out 47 pages. I think someone could. Not me, but someone could. But they're not going to be of quality. And it goes back to what we said about, like, you know, these scripts they got to be vetted for a long time. Like I cannot tell you the sample that I have that's done the most for me. I can't tell you how many people have read it and given me notes, how many times I've scoured notes and taken this note from this document and put it in my own word document and made a master document of notes, Mm -hmm. did all that got a pretty, well, I'm in a lucky spot now, had a producer attached, still have, uh, did five drafts with them. And then nice. we got another person attached and now I'm starting the rewrite pers- process with that person. So, and yeah. this is just how it goes, dude. So um, you, have, you have to, you have to be like water, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and at the same time, I, uh, I do agree with you, man. It's like, you know, Twitter is great because I definitely followed another one, Madsen Tomlin, who wrote, uh, Batman is writing Batman too. He was somebody I followed early. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I, mm-hmm. I started seeing his rise where it was like his scripts were get on the blacklist. And then, you know, I remember he was like, I'm working on this movie and this mother movie's getting made. And then, oh shit, I'm like, I'm doing Batman. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, a few uh, months ago, I saw like, okay, now he's writing Batman too with Matt Reeves. And I'm like, so see, crazy, like, I, dude. You, you feel like, 
you're you're a part of it. But one thing you do have to know mm-hmm. is like everybody's entry is going to be different, but you can learn from it, you know, and, you know, don't get discouraged if you see somebody, you know, pulling all nighters, you know, like that's how they do. That doesn't work for you. Figure mm-hmm. out what works for you. What works for me is two to three pages a day. And after that, I'm doing research, watching television, watching movies, reading books, like doing all this shit so that when I show up tomorrow to write them two pages, it's quality. You know what I'm mm. saying? So, man, yeah. I love how you put that, too, because that is such a huge part of it. The movies we watch, the TV we watch. uh Everything you do, even just like Googling around to fucking weird yep. news articles and stuff and being like, holy shit, yep. I think there's a story in there. Um, it all comes back. Yeah. And I, I think two to three pages is an amazing goal. Honestly, if you're writing one page a day, more power to you in three months. Exactly. Defeat, there you go. Like, come on, takes, so. come yep. on. Bite size uh, increments. So, um, so in talking about your writing process, let's say you have a brand new idea that you just came up with. What's the first thing you do? Do you like jump into an outline? I personally love writing a log line, even though I know it's subject to change later. I like to just say, who is this protagonist? What is their dilemma and what is their goal? What's pushing back against them? Just in a clean log line. Uh, Or I also like writing a title too, before I really start. Sometimes it's a hold me over. Sometimes it's the title that sticks. But like, what's the first thing you do when you get a new idea? Uh, I think the first thing I do is uh, take like quick notes, which which will be like stuff about the character. And usually mm-hmm. this is like handwritten in a notebook. Um, and then also like key scenes I see, like mm-hmm. just cool shit I see, you know, that I that's not in any particular order. I don't think about order and all that shit yet. And then what I do is I usually talk about it to people, you know, like, Hey, I got this idea to do this thing. And like, so like, you know, your group of friends that, you know, like, you know, um, and see how they respond to it. Like, they're like, Ooh, that's dope. Or, uh, I don't know. Then you may need to still work it out. Mm -hmm. And then I'll kind of like sit with it, keep chipping at it. And then I'll bring it to my manager and talk about it. Like, Hey, I'm thinking about this. And then he'll give me his thoughts. Um, and then after that, like, I go into still just jotting down more and more shit, especially with television. One thing I noticed is, like, television is so much about characters, a lot less about plot. And I feel like one of the things we do a lot when we're coming up is focus on plot and structure, less about characters. But one thing I'm learning is, like, it's really more about the characters. So, like, I would spend a lot more time working on having amazing characters or do like a character bio for each character and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, when you're selling a show, you're selling the characters, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. That's what people are tuning in for. Like, you know, like sometimes, you know, I'm still watching shows that aren't really that good just because I love the characters. <laughs> like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like I'm invested. I'm invested yep. in the characters, you know? So yeah. remember that, you know, and, and I, I think I spend a lot of time with characters and then uh, start trying to loosely put together the story. Um, and then, you know, like you said, put together the outline, 
And I, for me, I kind of come up with the log line last. Mm-hmm. Um, and the name sometimes comes first, sometimes comes last. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that's another thing. Is like I feel like each script is its own puzzle, and they all form differently. Yeah. So I yeah. just kind of be open to it. Like sometimes I got the title, sometimes I don't. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like sometimes I'll have a title. And at the end, it'll become something else. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great way of looking at it, too. And I, I really love what you said about character, especially in television. But I'd say yeah. even in features, man, like... I agree. Uh, story, period. It all starts with character and it all ends with character, yeah. honestly. Um, that's a, I'm actually mm-hmm. going to carry that into the thing that I'm just starting right now. Think a little harder about the character right in the beginning rather than plot. But yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. That, that's such a good point. Um, man, I really love that. Uh, and you're right. I, I also love how you put that they're all their own puzzle. Um, sometimes I think that we get so caught up in our our routines as writers that you forget that like, yeah, get, a lot of this is just being fluid, man. And just being like, there's no rules to art. <laughs> if you try to put rules on art, Come it ain't going to work out for you. So yeah. Uh, yeah. cool, man. So on average, how long does it take for a first draft to be complete? Let's, uh, let's say a one hour drama. So like, you know, 60 pages, just a first draft. Uh, if, if uh, I, I'm gonna keep it real, uh, mm-hmm. the, the lat the one hour, um, that helped me get my Sony deal. Mm-hmm. I think I spent three months on the outline, mm-hmm. wrote the first draft in like two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot more time, but then the 30 minute about the 50 year old pimp. Mm-hmm. I think I spent less time on the outline, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And more time writing the script, mm-hmm. but it, you, as of late, I actually spend more time in the outlining phase than I actually, and that that's another skill. Cause sometimes you'd be like, bro, I hate, working on this goddamn outline like yeah and, and, dude and I it's remember, so much less fun than writing <laughs> i a remember yeah like i remember working on this feature right now and it took it took me like three months again to do the outline going back and forth with my manager mm-hmm. and i was so wore out after doing the outline i took a month off just so that i could like get re-energized about the script so I could go to pages. And so I actually think now I spend a lot more time outlining because you end up with less problems once you get into the script. I think, yeah. I think, you know, as much as we hate it, like it's all there in the outline, <laughs> like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you know, like, man, like really work that outline. And when you get staffed on a television show, it's like, you're going to have to write the outline first anyway, and that's going to go to network and network's going to have notes and you got to change the outline and you're going to get notes and you change the outline. And so by the time you get to script, the script should take, you know, I think when I wrote, when I co-wrote the episode of Flatbush, I think we wrote that in like seven or eight days, like, you know what I'm saying? But like we had been working on the outline for months. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying, I think at the point at, at the point I'm at now and my advice to upcoming writers is learn how to outline because I didn't really know how to outline at first. I was beat sheeting. I was doing beat sheets, but learn mm-hmm. how to outline. It's really like writing a novel and then which is completely different than writing the script. And then, um, you know, like make sure you work that outline first. Mm-hmm. 
when you say different from beat sheet, do you just mean like that you're thinking specifically in terms of acts and act breaks and things like that? Or like, do you think of a beat sheet as more just like literally like bullet points? Um, or what, how would you describe the difference between an outline and a beat sheet? Just curious, like this, again, this is for me. This isn't for the audience. Fuck the audience. No, I'm just kidding. But this is for me. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> nah, I mean, look, when I, when I got into Nickelodeon, one of my early problem was I was used to beat sheeting and beat sheeting is okay when it's just you and your manager and it's for you. Mm -hmm. But Nickelodeon kept drill. And what I mean by beat sheet is like, you'll be like interior, um, you know, apartment night dot. Um, he walks in, grabs the phone dot, uh, conversation about this dot. Uh, he falls dot he runs out the room, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're like, they're not complete sentences. They're mm -hmm. not, uh, written like a book. And so mm, beat sheets okay. are cool. Beat sheets were good enough when it was like, I'm working on something with my manager and it's just for me, mm -hmm. but outline Nickelodeon was like, no, you, and it, took me a while because I was just so used to doing beat sheets for my outline. They were mm -hmm. like, an outline is going to network mm -hmm. and going to executives. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, you have to write this shit like a novel, right? Yeah. They don't read it like a writer. No. And it has yeah. to be, and they're not, they don't want beat. They don't want like um, bullet points. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, my yeah. outlines would just be a bunch of bullet points. It's like, no, it's like, interior apartment night um a frustrated daniel walks into the room mm -hmm. grabs a phone mm -hmm. um he gets a call from sarah that like you know what i'm saying you have to yeah. write it like a fucking novel because it's yeah. going to be read by executives and they don't want to beat sheet and mm -hmm. um that took a lot for me to figure out yeah um but that's the difference between an outline and a beat sheet uh, I think a lot of upcoming writers are thinking they're outlining, but you're actually beat cheating. And that's all right. You're doing a beat cheat, but that's all right. If it's just you and your manager, mm -hmm. but like when you get in a room, mm -hmm. like a writer's room, mm -hmm. you got to turn that shit into prose and, and that's going to be exciting. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's a difference that I had no idea about. And uh, that's really, well, it took me a lot. It took me a lot. It took me months of like drilling. Like, you know, that was one mm -hmm. of the cool things about the Nickelodeon program was like, they put you through like this uh, rigorous thing, like routine and, and classes in order to um, make you a better all around writer and prepare you for being in the room. Yeah. And, and it's just like, so fortunate you get paid during that time. It's like bro, paid training crazy. on the job. Like that's awesome. <laughs> crazy, bro. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. So yeah, you know, first drafts can say I'm, I'm kind of a slow writer. So hearing your one hour took you like three months to outline, uh, definitely makes me Come feel on. better. But, uh, so let me see here. Uh, what's the first thing you do now, whenever you finish a draft, like, like you said, you're probably sending to your manager. Are you still entering competitions at all? No, not now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was even in Nickelodeon and stuff. So like okay. I think I think I stopped when I kind of got staffed. And I I think contractually now I can't, mm -hmm. but 
And also, I you know, I kind of feel bad. Like, it's like, you know, I got a development deal. So it's like, I don't want to take somebody else's spot. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I but, figured. Yeah, I kind of figured. That was no, just kind of how my question I, was written. I was like, oh, that's I, a dumb I, I question. Took, no, 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 no. But, yeah. I, but yeah. I, I'll tell you something for real. It's like, I, uh, and I had people who told me, like, you got a manager. Like, you don't need to enter contests. Like, I still was entering contests, even though I had a manager. Because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. felt like, like, they would be trying to give you a perfect example. I was a screenwriter, Tripper Clancy, um, Mm -hmm. a friend of mine, but I was following him on Twitter. You know, Mm -hmm. he he wrote, uh, uh, what's the name of that movie? Shruber? Is it Shruber? Oh, um, uh, uh, the the Uber movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, what is that called? I know. Oh, Stuber. Stuber. Isn't it Stuber? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. And, um, and I remember I followed him on Twitter and blah, blah, blah. And like, he was seeing me do this and do that. But then one of my scripts got in the contest and I tweeted it and with the log line. And he was like, Hey, can I read that? Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, mm-hmm. if I hadn't entered that contest and this happened oftentimes was like, if I hadn't entered that contest, mm-hmm. it showed it. And then he ended up really liking the script and me and him were friends, but he never read any of my shit. And it was mm-hmm. all because of entering that contest and tweeting yeah. about it. He was yeah. like, Hey, can I read that script? He gave me like, some super dope notes. He was like, yo, you're super funny, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, now we have a friendship, but it's like that. Yeah. I, I advise, even if you have a manager mm-hmm. still into contest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's kind yeah. of that thing too. Like you said, with taking all the shots earlier, like every time there's a shot to be taken, all you're doing is just planting a seed somewhere and hoping that it turns into something. It might not, but like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've made, friends you know i mean you you don't want to call it networking because that's like the shitty business term of it but like making industry friends just like if i didn't do this this and this then this wouldn't have happened you know if i didn't do x and y then z wouldn't have happened uh and but 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 no but i I was gonna say to answer your question like Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. once i get a draft um put it away for a minute right maybe a week or two Mm-hmm. Come back to it, read it, mm-hmm. make some changes, do that one change, and then I send it to uh to friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might do coverage, um, and I send it to my manager. But I also would advise to get notes early and often. I think Aaron Sorkin said that like, don't sit with the longer you sit with your script mm-hmm. after you finish it, the harder it's going to be for you to my you know to 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 play with it you know yeah, like undo the harder it. it's gonna be exactly bro yeah 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 oh yeah. man that's a really good point uh awesome i like that and it's just interesting to hear from you know a now professional perspective someone with a development deal how you go about finishing your first draft and it's oddly similar to what a lot of you know amateur writers do too you know you go to your peers you get some coverage whatever <laughs> yeah. if you have a manager you go to a manager but it's still that thing of yeah. like oh there's there's still a lot of craft left to, left to be done here uh yeah. awesome so you know i know your day job but like you know what is a day in the life of you right now now that you have this development deal um it's crazy i think well i'll say this Mm-hmm. Being on Flatbush Misdemeanors, I think mm-hmm. we were in the room from like Monday through Friday for like four months, 9 a.m. to noon. Then we had a lunch break. Then we come back at one to four. So that was like Monday through Friday mm-hmm. for like four months, which was amazing time, but you're super busy. Yeah. Um, 
now having a development deal, you're kind of like your own boss in a sense. So it's like one of the good things is like, I'm used to like putting myself to work, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. now it's like, I got a two whiteboards filled with projects all in different areas. One might be in brainstorm, one might be in pitch deck, one might be in pitch, one might be a rewrite. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just constantly juggling these things and being like, all right, wake up, get coffee, look at some emails, mm-hmm. you know, plot my meetings and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then I'm just like one hour on this, one hour on this, mm-hmm. one hour on this. Mm-hmm. And I try to be done by five minutes so I could like watch television and relax and mm-hmm. go it's for important. a walk and li- live life, bro. Cause it's, yeah, like, it's important, you know, really. It's tough, man. Especially with zoom. Yeah. It's like, man, like, you know, you have a job, you walk in and you punch in and clock the fuck out and take yeah. your uniform off. You know, yep. it's like yep. being a writer is kind of like, we're always in uniform. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So true, dude. Uh, yeah. So what are um, some hobbies outside of screenwriting? Uh, collecting sports cards. <laughs> oh, no <laughs> like, shit. That's awesome. Yeah, bro. I got, I got back into it uh, during mm-hmm. COVID. I used to, as a kid, uh, you know, baseball cards were mm-hmm. everything. We all thought we were going to get rich off of yep. like a McGuire rookie card or. Yeah. I bought fucking... one of those big boxes when I was, well, I got it given to me by my parents, but a big, yep. big rectangular box full of cards. cards. And, uh, Come on, man. I don't know if there's anything worth anything. I still have it though. That's tight. I mean, some yeah. of the stuff is, most of it isn't. Yeah. But because they printed so much of it, like that was mm-hmm. the one thing is like, you know, I used to have a King Griffey Jr. rookie card and no shit. The, the upper deck 89. And uh, yeah. that was one of my prize cars. I had like a Jeter 93 upper deck SP that that is still worth a lot of money. Yeah. But I remember buying it as a kid in junior high school from um, a card store that was down the street. And uh, I remember like paying $15 for it. Like I had saved all my money up and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it was yeah, like, yeah. it was the first time you actually thought about like investing and prospecting players and all that type of stuff. So yeah. during COVID cards blew up again because people was at home, had hella time. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I just started collecting cards again. One, mm-hmm. I like, I like watching baseball. Yeah. Um, there's some great young players in the game mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh i i like that's something i do that's fun that like has nothing to do with writing <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, whatsoever dude. yeah i like and, sports uh, yeah. too i'm a baseball and hockey guy i'm a big hockey guy yeah. but like i'm also in st louis and the cardinals are such a you know huge yeah. team around here that like yeah, we're goldsmith all watching is, yeah goldsmith is balling right now yeah, yeah. crazy might win the triple yeah. crown and then uh albert pujols is having like his Come crazy on, man. last year i'm hella happy for him yeah yeah it's been cool yeah, I agree, dude. Sports are such a good way for, you know, uh, if, you, if you're a person who likes sports, for me, yeah. that's a great way to turn off my writing brain and just go Come enjoy on, man. it. Dude, it's and, so then, and then I uh, I uh, recently got the Oculus um, VR just because I wanted to see what it's yeah. like. So, like, I've been playing the golf on there. Oh, <laughs> you sick. know what I'm saying? So it's that's like, cool. Which is, you know, VR to me is the future. So, like, yeah. You know, uh, someday I'll get the new PlayStation when they make enough of them. But uh-huh. uh, 
Yep, <laughs> but, same dude. I'm but, still PS4. Bro, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. how the hell is it three years later? Like, this is the first time in my life it's ever been a situation where three days later you can't get the console. Like, that's crazy. I know so, it is. Yeah. So I got the Oculus, and that's that's allowing me to have some fun. But between those two things and watching television and mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but even when you watch television and shows, sometimes you're like, oh, that's the inciting incident. Oh, that's, you know what I'm saying? Pointing I can't over turn time. That off, so, dude. exactly. So, yeah. it's like sports cards, some sports, and some VR. I'm yeah. good, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's a happy life yeah. right there. Um, yeah. Cool. So, uh, you know, I already, I'm planning on kind of scratching this question, but like, for, you know, what's a recent accomplishment you're proud of? I'm pretty sure it's that overall deal, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. But at the same, no, yes, hell for sure. But yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time, at the same time, I think um, one thing I do like is when people hit me up mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, I entered this because of you um, or I mm. queried because of your article or your story inspires me to want to write mm-hmm. because that's what happened to me. And so recently two friends of mine that I told to enter this fellowship ended up getting it. Oh shit. Um, and so I was like, to me, that's the uh something that recently happened that I'm happy for. Like I feel like we gotta like help each other and mm-hmm. inspire each other. Like yep. and um at the end of the day, uh you know you can do it if you put the work into it. You know what I'm saying? Um mm-hmm. and work on the craft and you really love it. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna take sacrifice though. Like, but yeah, you definitely can do it. Yeah, 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 totally agree. And yeah, I know I have the same kind of thing when people reach out with something about the podcast that they heard or yeah. they just appreciate it. It feels it feels really good. It feels better than a fucking you know contest wins and stuff Come like on. that are awesome and they're cool. Come but on. when you feel like you genuinely like helped one of your peers or they helped you in some way, it's just a great feeling. That sense of community. Uh, so, you know, what are, I'll, I'll phrase this a different way than I usually ask. I usually would ask, what are a few words of advice you'd give your fellow screenwriters, especially those just starting out, but I kind of want to change this moving forward. And I'll start with you here, Saeed, uh, is what, (laughs) what is one thing that you would tell your early screenwriting self that, you know, now that you've learned along the way that you think is just like a crucial thing you wish you would have known. think I would have did it faster I think um and I run into this when I talk about uh like when I talk to new writers they're always like well I don't have this and I don't have that and I don't have this and I don't have that and uh and um you know dang this class cost this this class cost that and oh, I got this job and I got that and like um I would actually tell myself uh do it sooner stop making like stop procrastinating like stop waiting like just do it you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. uh you know i think i i got to a place of like i got i got to a point of like no return was like all right i have to jump <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah like yeah. i waited until the cop cars were there and like mm-hmm. you know dogs are on my ankles you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and it's like yeah when in actuality, I should have just said, I want to be over there. Let's leap. Uh, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so the one thing I would say is like, do it now. Yeah. Like, don't, don't wait. 
get started now, like buy that book, take that master class, get that final draft, you know, take that day off from work. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, there was a time where I was working at my job and I couldn't write. And I was like, man, like, I was like, I gotta, I gotta like take a day off in the week so I can fucking go to a coffee shop and write. And I remember I was like, damn, but that's going to cost me, you know, shit, a hundred dollars or whatever, you know, yeah, you're making this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I, mm-hmm. I was like, man, but fuck it though. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, I need to be at a coffee shop in the middle of the work week because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm killing myself working mm-hmm. from Monday through Friday. So I was like, all right, I'm going to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm at a coffee shop Thursday, Friday and Sunday. I'm going to work. I worked on fucking football day. I hated it. You oh, know what shit. I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sacrifice. But I, though. Had, I had that Wednesday where I could go to a coffee shop and I had that Saturday. So Wednesday and Saturday every week, I would go to the coffee shop, bring my laptop and fucking write. And so I would say, stop making the excuse, do it now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so important. Yeah. Just make your plan. You know what I mean? A lot of us are working these shit jobs that we don't have any passion for. And we dream about just getting a paycheck for writing. And it's like, but the thing is, is that you're, you're the only person getting in the way of that. And you got to sit down, make your plan. It also, Mm -hmm. I would tell myself to enter everything, which I said before, because you never know what it's going to lead to. Perfect example. I didn't want to write the 50 year old pimp story, Mm -hmm. but I was in the UCLA class. You had to pitch ideas. And the last thing I pitched was like, I got this 50 year old pimp idea. And it was like that one. Mm -hmm. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, so sometimes the thing you're afraid to write is what ends up getting you on. And then also, meeting the Sony exec, I entered something that I had no faith in, mm-hmm. but I was just like, fuck it, let me do it. So like, be prepared and enter everything. Cause you never know. They all like line up and yep. ping pong off each other, leading yep. to somewhere you had no idea. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, dude. That was one of the best interviews I've ever had. Really loved that. Come on, you have, let's uh, go. I appreciate you. Yeah, of course, dude. You have so much experience and you know, so many accolades and shit. And you're still a humble dude. You still have that hungry writer that hasn't gotten an overall deal yet attitude about you. And I love it, man. Uh yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. I speak for me and the audience, dude. That was fantastic. Oh yeah, man. Thank you, Andy, man. All right, that's it, y'all. Episode 19 is in the books. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Saeed Crumpler at Balance 510. Uh, Just an awesome dude. Crazy interesting. Very smart about the industry. And, uh, you know, if you're going to listen to someone on advice about how to break in, he's one of the people you should definitely listen to. He's really gone far with his hustle, and he is opening a lot of doors and getting that deal at Sony is just insane and so awesome. And it was really just a privilege to talk to him. And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you did give us a shout out on Twitter or Instagram at social writer pod and say something you liked about the episode, something cool. Saeed said something dumb that I said, you guys, uh, give us a shout out. I love interacting with you guys on there. 
Uh, really appreciate any, even just a like or a retweet is awesome. However, if you want to go a step further, you can donate to us. I mentioned it up top, but I'll mention it again. We have a PayPal link and our Linktree link and our bio at Social Writer Pod, Twitter and Instagram. If you want to throw a couple bucks our way, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, every every little bit helps and just helps me out. Uh, that's all I got for you this week, guys. Um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for, you know, all the support. Uh, really didn't miss a beat whenever I dropped the Jake Waller episode after a two month hiatus. And I really appreciate you guys for that. Um, especially those who, you know, you quote tweet, you retweet, you really spread the word about the podcast. That's just like invaluable to me. And, uh, I really love you for it. Thank you. Uh, I have some exciting guests that I want to get on the, get in the DMs, uh, slide in the DMs. That sounds bad. Uh, I, I, I want to get on the show though and, uh, going to be doing that soon. And yeah, I'm just going to keep it going guys. Um, I love you. Take care of yourselves. Be good to yourselves. Take a break if you need it. If not, keep writing that script. Uh, all it is, it's just a matter of time for all of us. Thank you guys. Uh, bye bye. The social.